0: Hey there, Paul from Verbal here. We're building the biggest audio destination on the internet, where audio creators like you can build and monetize their audience. To learn more, all you have to do is visit Verbal.com, that's V-U-R-B-L.com, and sign up as a beta subscriber. While you're on the site, peruse our growing list of podcast reviews to discover your next binge-worthy show. And now, onto to Life Transformation Radio.
1: Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network Tuesday through Friday, 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community. And never miss an episode by subscribing where you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, and Radio Public. The Google Play Music app available on Pandora, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Life Transformation Radio. Go ahead and subscribe and leave us a rating and review letting us know how, we, how we're doing. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today does exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, go ahead and give us a call at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show, my guest for today, Rob Walsh. Rob, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
0: Sean, thanks for having me on the show.
1: Man, I am pumped to have you on the show. Uh, we met in 2019 at PodFest. I watched your presentation. was literally mind-blown how much I did not know, even after two years of podcasting, thought I pretty much had a handle on it, where to track the metrics, kind of what I was doing. And I felt like in the room, your presentation pretty much made everybody look like newbies. Like you just are the smartest dude I know in podcasting, and it is an honor to have you on the show.
0: Well, thanks for the kind words. Uh, I, I, guess, I guess my presentation went over well then.
1: <laughs> yeah. that man just just the knowledge and the stats and is and and what I loved about it the most is that you went through a quarter of it and it said let's talk about what not to do or let's talk about the myths. So a lot of people will lead you to believe and then you went about that stuff. We're like yeah, but that's what we always hear You're like it's wrong. <laughs> like you know it was like no like so many people that i was talking to in the back they were like i've been doing that for years like well, not anymore according to rob you shouldn't do that <laughs> like it was just it was like oh crap you know so i think that was the funniest part of it was everybody was like wait that's what i thought we, we were supposed to be doing and then we went to outliers podcast festival in austin texas and you delivered it again and the same exact reaction Cause I was like, hey, did you go to Podfest? Did you go to Podfest? Most people were like, no, oh, I didn't go. I'm like, dude, you're gonna love this. It's the same reaction. Everybody's like, wait, I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing. You know, like, so so funny.
0: To go to a lot of shows and I see a lot of presentations and read articles and people just mm-hmm. it gives bad advice and and I don't know where the advice comes from. But I'm lucky enough to be at a position at Libsyn and I've been in podcasting you know since 2004 to have seen things, see see data. And so I make a lot of my recommendations based on hard data, not based on what somebody said because they came out of radio and well that's the way we did it in radio, so you should do it in podcasting. Well well, podcasts aren't radio. You know, too many people think they are. Uh it podcasts are much more like magazines than they are radio. It's more niche focused mm-hmm. and you have to treat it a different way. And and there's no such thing as a time limit, right? You can be as long as you want and do whatever you want to do in podcasting. And that, that to me is one of the biggest myths out there is that 22-minute myth.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about that definitely in the show. The title of this episode is Tricks of the Podcasting Masters with Podcasting Hall of Famer Rob Walsh. He was inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame in 2016. Rob is the Vice President of Podcaster Relations for Libsyn, having joined Libsyn in 2007. Prior to joining Libsyn, he founded Podcast 411 Inc. in 2004. He is also the co-author of the book, Tricks of the Podcasting Masters, Q2006, an editor's pick as a top 10 reference book for 2006 by Amazon. Rob was listed as the fifth most influential person in podcasting, according to the book Podcasting for Dummies, published by Wiley Press in 2005. He, was consult- he has consulted on podcasting for Jack Welch, Senator Edwards, Governor Bill Richardson, Noah Shannock, Tim Ferriss, Dr. Mark Hyman, eBay, and the Sacramento Kings and Monarchs, to name just a few. Rob is a member of the IAB podcasting working groups and on the editorial board for Podcast Business Journal. Rob started podcasting in 2004 and is the host of the award-winning Podcast 411 podcast where he has interviewed such prominent podcasters as Quincy Jones, Walt Mossberg, Colin Ferguson, Ronald Moore, who is executive producer of Battlestar Galactica, Phil Gordon from the World Series of Poker, Larry Kudlow, CNBC's Kudlow and & Company, and Leo Laporte from Tech TV. Additionally, Rob is host of Today in iOS podcast, the first and largest podcast about the iPhone, and also KC Startup 411 podcast, which covers the Kansas City startup scene. Since 2004, Rob has presented at well over 100 events on the subject of podcasting. He was the track leader for the podcasting sessions at the 2009 Blog World Expo, where he recruited 25 top experts to speak on podcasting. To see what he's up to, go to todayinios.com, check out that podcast, and kcstartup411.com. Check it out, connect with him, send him a friend request, letting him know that you listened to his episode of Life Transformation Radio. Rob, the first question that I have to ask, and I believe, is the most important question you could ever ask,
0: is why. Why do you do what you do? I always wanted to kind of get my voice out there, and you know, I, I liked radio, and I always say podcasting is like radio, um, but I liked writing, and and I don't podcasting just seemed to be the culmination of that. Uh, it was just it it was that, and I liked really to help people podcast. I think podcast four one one was all about helping others podcast. That was what that whole site podcast was about. So I think the why is I, I just want to see other people podcast. It really? is love that it. simple. <laughs> I,
1: love, like, I love it. I'm like, that's very well thought out. In 2017, when I started the show, I kind of knew where the talk was going. I heard, when I hear three to four times in a short amount of time, a couple of days, a couple you know maybe a week, I'm like, okay, I got to get involved. When I saw started seeing like podcasting, podcasting, I'm like okay, this is gonna be a thing. I already knew it was there, but it never really took hold like it is now. Like this is all the rage, and I think it's very interesting to see the the transformation that not only all the way from 2000 to 2004, to 2010, to 2017, till now, just that transformation alone in a short amount of time, I think is, is
0: fascinating. Yeah, it, and it keeps growing. I mean, when I started podcasting, there was like 100 people doing it. Um, and then Apple didn't even support it. And, and then when Apple got involved um, in 2005, then you really saw some growth. And then, and then when the iPhone came out, that helped. And then iOS uh, 8 came out and, and the podcast app became native. And, and then you had Spotify and Pandora and all the other iHeartRadios, all the other audio apps and, and services out there start adding podcasting. And that's where we're at today. I, you know, I tell people, podcasting is finally at a point where it's ubiquitous. Any place you listen to audio, you can find podcasts. And that is, is a great place for, this, for podcasting to be at today. Oh,
1: 100%. And the transformation specifically in the last couple of years has been, whole. Like, I mean, it just exploded. You know, you've got, you know, the podcast platforms that I always knew of, for hosting anyways, was like Lipston, Podbean, Blueberry. All of a sudden, then Anchor starts doing its thing, and everybody's like, oh, it's free, like, let's do this. And then you've got other, like, hosting platforms that nobody's ever heard of being created Outside of you know the normal streams, and then you've got all kinds of podcast apps coming out. You have know, got Himalaya, then you've got uh, um, Castbox, and you've got Podtail and Owltail. You've got podcast apps that are in India, and podcast apps that are in you know all kinds of different different languages and countries. And it's like everybody is like trying to capitalize on this thing. I've seen, um, you know. Sh- people try to take the podcast and create a vidcast and call it YouTubing is like a vidcast and like try to switch the category a little bit. Like everybody's trying to get their hands somehow in podcasting. So I, I'm curious, man, like where do you actually see podcasting going? Is it going to stay like it is or is it going to turn into the, you know, the commercials, the monetizing? Cause that's what everybody wants, right? Is the monetizing of the podcast. They want
0: to make money from it. So where well, do you actually not, you know, see? I, I would say it's not really where everyone wants to monetize. I, I would say the majority of podcasters, okay. when, when you talk with them, aren't looking to directly monetize through advertising. First off, most can never do it. Most never get the the numbers. But only five percent will really ever be able to monetize at the most uh, of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And and the majority aren't going to be able to – and I'm talking about monetizing through advertising. Uh, but th- sure. a lot of people do it for other reasons. You, you know, We were talking pre about, uh, pre-interview about different companies that are doing podcasting. And so they're doing it as community outreach. They're doing it as education. Uh, they're doing it to lead gen. Uh, so there's different reasons in, for you to do a podcast. If you're a book author, every book author – who doesn't have a podcast, forget about doing a second book because you're not a good book author, right? The, part of being a book author is writing. The second <laughs> right. part of being a book author is marketing. And if you are a book author yep. and you don't have a podcast, you're not good at the second part. So you might as well give it up, even if you are a good writer, because it's really tough to be, a, to be a successful writer if you're not a good marketer. Um, you, I mean, you have to be phenomenally talented uh, otherwise. Right. But yep. most people – don't get you know most people aren't J.K. Rowling or Philip K. Dick. Right. Yep. Yeah. True. So so I again so I look I, at podcasting and in monetization I, I look at that it's overblown a lot of people overpromise you're gonna see a lot of these companies that are coming out of the woodworks um, like Red Circle and, and others they're gonna go the way most likely of a Podango. Um, or Signal Leaf. And people don't remember those, but those were companies that were around. There was GarageBand.com. And these were companies mm-hmm. that had done um, Podango and and and, and uh, the GarageBand.com had done free podcast hosting and they went away. And, and a lot of companies that do free podcast hosting you either pivot to change it um, or they go out of business.
1: Well, like when Spotify bought Anchor, everybody freaked out and goes, oh my God, podcast is... It's here to stay. You <laughs> know, like it's the thing. Spotify is going to get huge, and then you had said something about that, and you're like, well, like in the in the big scheme of things, I mean, really, what does it look like? And then you were like, anchors like a percentage,
0: a very very small percentage. So, yeah. I mean, and yeah,
1: it's it's significant, but
0: not really. Yeah, and ninety percent of their shows almost um, aren't producing new content. Uh, so the vast majority of the shows on Anchor are, are dead shows. They're, they're the anchor on podcasting. It was well-named. It's podcasting's anchor. So it drags down the, the, the space when people go and search directories and all these dead podcasts show up. Uh, I have talked to a yeah. few people that do aggregator apps that are now starting to look at filtering out all the Anchor shows. If it's an Anchor URL, we'll just filter it out unless it has 10 plus episodes and they've released something in the last 90 days. Otherwise, it's gone.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, they have to. I mean, they have to clean up the directory. You don't want to have 500, oh, 600, sure. 700,000 dead shows in your directory.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So is there, is there a way to tell, on average, how many new podcast episodes? Because we always track, like, there's 1,000 shows a month being created, but th- does anybody track how many episodes these shows are actually creating?
0: Well, Apple, every now and then, will give an update and they'll say, we have this many episodes in our catalog. We have this many episodes in the catalog. So you've got okay. Apple giving those numbers, but it, it just varies. Um, April, I can guarantee you, was, was probably the biggest month ever for new episodes because oh, a lot yeah. of people were locked down and, and had nothing better to do than <laughs> release more episodes. Uh, or create shows. I know a lot of. People, a lot of
1: I, mean, I help people create a lot of shows.
0: New shows. You know? Yeah, a lot of new shows came out in April.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious for you. I mean, if you go all the way back to 2004. I remember researching back in 2017 about the podcast. Like, like, what do I do? What is it? How do I uh, effectively become, you know, a, a top host? Like, how do I get my show known? And I remember how. Oh, podcasting was called audio blogging back in like you know mid to late 90s. It was an audio blogging, and then somebody came out with a podcast, and Apple was supposed to do its thing and never really took. You've been doing it since 2004. In that time, in that spin, what has been not only your transformation, but you, know, you as a host, the show, everything you do, everything in the industry, what was your transformational moment? that changed your life and puts you on the path to what you're doing today?
0: October 4th, 2004, Engadget article. I was a heavy reader of Engadget, and Engadget had a blog post uh, on that date, and that blog post read, if you want a podcast, just add this enclosure tag to your RSS feed, and you are podcasting. And, and it explained what podcasting was. Wow. And, and I went, what's an RSS feed? What's an enclosure tag? And I did a little research. I said, well, I want to do this. And I'm sure there's got to be a website to tell you how to do it. There wasn't a single website to tell you how to podcast. Not one, not one real article wow. other than an gadget article, which just said, add an enclosure tag to your RSS feed and your podcasting, which meant for most people, absolutely nothing. And I was an electrical engineer. So I did some research. I found out what, RSS feeds were what the RSS 2.0 specs were. I figured out how to hand code my own RSS feed. I put up a blog posts and articles and the website podcast formal one to show people how to do it, uh, to make it easy yeah. to, to do. And then I, I had a podcast, you know, podcast 101, one, or when I launched it, which was like inside the actor's studio for podcasting, where I talked to other people that were doing it to find out how they did it, mm-hmm. the art and the tech of, of their podcast. Um, but my, yeah, my transformational moment was, that was it, that, that, that article changed definitely changed my life, took me out of a career I had been in for 16 plus years, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it got me into podcasting, which was supposed to be a hobby, <laughs> which by, by <laughs> from October to April 1st went from a hobby to my full-time job. I quit my job and six-figure income and, and walked away from that to be a podcast uh, consultant and podcaster full-time, uh, my first client. I, I got hired with Senator John Edwards who had just run for vice president in 2004. So I had a pretty good first client and, uh, and, and, and everything else, you know, from there was history. I love it. But- <laughs> love it.
1: And moving forward from, from the job, I mean, how I'm just, I'm curious, the mindset, like, embarking on this new thing. I mean, you had to have been jazzed up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was excited. I saw the potential of the, you know, the real democratization of, of audio where you can talk about whatever you want. There was no government regulation. And uh, you say, whatever you want, it's your mind. No one can censor, you know, one can stop you. It was great. And, and that's what I, you know, I, I really loved that potential uh, for podcasting and and saw that early on. Again, I worked with, with a few different politicians, uh, after governor, uh, after Senator Edwards, it was governor Richardson. I also worked with him. So I had to work with some big names and then some ones at the local level and, and then, and then other clients and businesses. And, 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 I worked with the late Jack Welch, which was great. Uh, I've got some recordings of him going off on F bomb tirades in between episodes that are just <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so yeah, looking, that That's man awesome. could curse like a sailor. Wow. Did he, did he, uh, like loose on, on, That's on, funny. on yeah, I had some, some recordings, uh, in between episodes of what he thought about, um, some of the other management at GE, it was pretty fun. Cannot release that part. <laughs> but, right. uh, That's know, but I just saw early on that the potential for it. And I was an early iPod user. I had had iPods when they first came out in 2001. So I saw, you know, I, I knew yeah. I was taking the iPod with me and this is pre the iPhone. Um this is pre Apple you have to remember I quit my job before Apple even supported podcasting so in hindsight it was a pretty stupid decision it worked out but the chances yeah. of it working out were pretty slim uh I would you know I, I would not recommend that to someone what I did um but I got lucky um uh in 2007 I got hired full time by by Libsyn uh, I was a huge proponent of Libsyn I used them early on um, from March of 2005, mm-hmm. I've been a customer and, uh, they came to me and said, you're promoting us all the time. Would you like a job? And I said, sure, get paid for what I'm already oh, doing. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And, and, uh, you know, wow. it's a great company and, and I've got to meet some great podcasters over, over time and got to talk. you know with Joe Rogan and Mark Maron and, and and some other great folks. Um, and you know, Aisha Tyler was one of my favorite podcasters. She's incredible. Um, you talk about someone who, who was at one point in time, she was doing her podcast on four different television shows and writing and directing her own movie. And you want to talk about someone? Ah. You, so, when, you, when people tell me I don't have time for podcasting, BS. If Aisha could do that, you're, nobody's schedule was what Aisha's was. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. Nobody out there else is doing four television shows in their own movie and podcast. No kidding. No kidding.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, even today, I mean, there's really, I mean, it's so easy to do the podcast today. You know, <laughs> we were talking before the show, and I was like, man, I love, I mean, I I, I like Libsyn. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of tooling around with it a little bit and launching some shows on it, and I know other people have, have shown me some things on it. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I like this, you know? And there's really, I mean, with as many tools there are today. I mean, I don't think everybody should have a podcast, but that's just not an excuse. Like I don't have time and it's a lot of work. Like, sure. Okay. Editing and like all that. Like, yes, it's a lot of work, but man, the hosting platforms and the customer service that you have, the communities that have been, that have been built around podcasts. There, there's podcast networks that are being created and podcast apps that bring people together. Like there's such a huge, like just a, just a, big world of podcasting that there's no reason that you shouldn't or you or you can't you know what i mean
0: if you have a topic that you are passionate about and again it doesn't have to be about monetization it could just be fun you know my, my dad golfs no one asks him how he's going to make money golfing and if you ever saw him golf you'd know he never made money golfing and, um, he, you know, he said to me the other day, I said, he said he would, he finally got on the golf course again. And I said, how you do? He goes, Oh, average. I go about one twelve. He goes, yep. Uh, oh, but he, he loves, loves it. it and he, he, and he golfs You're all right. the time. Right. But nobody asked him how yeah. he's going to monetize because that's his hobby. Um, a lot of people podcasting is their hobby. I know people that will get together with a, a few other friends and it was an excuse, you know, online now, not in person anymore, but it was an excuse sure. just to, to, get together with friends and talk about their favorite television show or talk about their favorite mm-hmm. comic books, you know, it, whatever it is that they had a passion on, they can, you can do that with a podcast and, and you know, getting four yep. people in a, in, online um, or in a room when the coronavirus finally goes away, um, you know, it, you, you don't have to do much work. You can just sit down and you already know what you're passionate about. If you want to get in there and talk about the Mandalorian and you can say what you like about Baby Yoda and what you don't like about baby, baby Yoda. <laughs> right. Perfect.
1: And what I like about the most about, about podcasting is the relationships that are built. And you get to hang out with some really cool people. Like I get to spend, you know, 45 minutes with, with, with you and guys like, you know, Bruce Buffer from the UFC, and other guys I've had on my show, like Frank Shankowitz, the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I mean, these are guys that, that you know we look up to and like, man, these guys are crushing it. Like oh, man. like Gary Vaynerchuk or Joe Rogan has got to be like the number one guest that you would have on your show. Like if you're just like, who do I want on my show? Automatically, like, oh, I got to have Joe Rogan, who just signed a $100 million deal with, with Spotify. I don't know how that worked out, but he, he signed well, a $100 million dollar deal with
0: Spotify. Is this, the rumor is between 100 million and $200 million. And it's not for the purchase of the show. It's just for exclusive licensing rights for the show on Spotify. Yep. So Joe, Joe didn't even yep. sell a show for that amount. If he actually had, if he had sold a show, it would have went for over a billion. Jeez. Good Lord. So the way I look, the, the way I
1: understand it, he, whoever he's hosting, I don't, and I don't know who he uploads or hosts with. I don't know about Lipson. that. Well, is, I don't know.
0: Right now. Yeah. Right now it's Lipson until the yeah, end of okay. the year. I, I, okay. Perfect.
1: So his content is not going to be available on, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or Spreaker, only going to be available and listened to on Spotify? That's the plan?
0: That is what I understand. His people haven't said anything officially yeah. to us, um, but mm-hmm. the plan is that he it will, you know, come September, it will be available on Spotify for the first time. It hasn't been available on Spotify before. It'll be available in September oh. on Spotify, and then at the end of the year, uh, it'll be just on Spotify, um, is my understanding. Sometime before the end of the year, it'll go exclusive. Um, and, yeah, I'm like, you know, my
1: show's been on Spotify forever. <laughs> like, I'm not no, he, he now. You know, he never
0: wanted it on Spotify uh, early on. Huh, you know, interesting. He, he, yeah, early on, Spotify was rehosting the files. So he didn't want it on there because mm. they were rehosting the file. He wanted the you know, direct download to come out of his account, and he didn't want people rehosting his files. Um, so that was his uh, part of his reasoning on on why he wasn't on Spotify. Um, but mm. now they are passed through on on the other shows that are hosted on Libsyn, so it's not it's not an issue anymore. But he uh, he was able to obviously uh, leverage him not being on there. Um, to into a, uh, a hefty payday, and again, it's just the rights oh, yeah. distribute distributed. They don't even have the ad sales rights, so he still keeps his ad sales rights. So he's still getting the revenue from ad sales, just no longer going to be on YouTube. Uh, it won't be available mm-hmm. on BBS there, and it'll, it won't be on Apple Podcasts. And you know, I say, and I said this on, on the feed with Lips, and I go, I'm, I'm very happy for Joe. It's a huge deal. It was a, it sure. you know, it was a deal you had to take. I'm very sad for podcasting and the aggregator apps like Overcast and Castbox and, and, and Podcast Addict, because it, mm-hmm. it's it's a shame that they're not going to have you know the, the number one show in podcasting available anymore to them. So it's great for Joe, but it definitely this deal hurts the 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 smaller aggregator apps out there, and you know it's not going to hurt Apple sure. Podcasts because the Apple Podcast app is is installed on every iPhone out there it's on a billion devices right so it's not going to really matter for them but for overcast and for pocketcast and in and, uh, podcast addict and, and those folks you know that's a shame because uh, there will be some people that will stop using those apps because they mostly listen to rogan and they'll go off and and, and use uh spotify now just instead mm. But
1: okay. Sp- so Spotify's <laughs> going to have to up
0: their game on their app, though. I'll tell you that much. Because um, Rogan's <laughs> listeners are not quiet; they are a vocal audience. So yep. uh, Spotify's going to find out real quick uh, what features they need added to their app. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well said. Does it Overcast and Castbox and Himalaya like all these apps? Don't they pull? From Apple
0: anyways, like
1: most they of pull, those apps.
0: Right. They pull from yeah, the okay. Apple podcast directory. You know, and, and you know, Rogan, right. when it goes on Spotify, it's not going to be a podcast anymore because to really be a podcast, you have to have an RSS feed. And you have to be available in, in Apple podcast and, and then Overcast and Cast and all the other places. Um, and, and, you know, he'll become a Spocast, a Spotcast, um, but okay. it won't be a podcast anymore. <laughs> Just like, you know, yeah. there used to be a show called Last Podcast on the left, and now I now call it Last Podcast. I call it now called Last Spocast on the left. They're just on Spotify. Oh, uh, okay. Right? When, yeah. when shows go exclusive, it's not a good, It's again, it's not good for the podcast ecosystem overall. Yeah.
1: Um, what I really love that Google's done is you search for a show on Google and you can play the episode right there. Yes. And it's starting yeah. to play I mean, there's really starting to come up, like you can type in a couple of different shows, but boom, boom, and then you just play it, like right there in the search. It's like that's genius. You don't even need to go anywhere. And I think that's the point is right. you know, Facebook hates it when you put a link in the in the post section, which takes them off the platform. All the social media, they hate that. Google's the same way, right? I mean, they want you to stay on their stuff. So I think that's brilliant.
0: And Google Podcast team is really doing a great job. They're they're expanding their offering. You can go you can find podcasts by just going to podcast.google.com now. And that yep. right now though, Google Podcast isn't yet a native app on Android devices. So it, it, we still have a way to go. Uh, the ratio of iOS to Android downloads in podcasting is about five to one iOS versus Android. So five times more consumption on iOS devices than Android, even though there's five times more Android devices than there are iOS devices. Huh? So yeah. So the, the space has a lot of room to grow yet. Uh, we're just in the early sure. stage of, of, of podcasting, even though we're 15 plus years in, we're still early on as far as where, where the potential is for the space. Yeah. I listen
1: to podcasts on the Google play music app because I have an Android and so it's not really for hard for long. To People like, hey. <laughs> Not for long.
0: Well, <laughs> they're leaving. They're, they're, yeah, they're so going I,
1: As a matter of fact, not like three
0: weeks ago or something like that,
1: I got a notification in my email that says, hey, you better change your, um, your podcast over to like the Google podcast. Like you need to change it over. I'm like, all right. So I was like, perfect. Because I know that's going to be like a big thing um but yeah man i that's literally how i listen to podcasts is with my google play music and um when people are like hey man just review the show and like write a review i'm like well how do i do that i have an android like, i got to log into itunes and all that others like, i got to log in and like try to do all that you know so um well people I mean, that are asking you know, for ratings and
0: reviews if people that ask for ratings and reviews don't don't understand podcasting either. That's a big myth. You know, you're much better off asking people to subscribe to your podcast or tell their friends. Better yet, you tell your listeners to tell their friends to subscribe to your podcast. That's the only call to action you really want to do. When you're telling people to go rate and review your show, that's an ego vanity boost that really doesn't help your podcast.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll take that out of my intro. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Well, it really doesn't help you at all. I mean, the, the iTunes top rankings, Apple podcast top rankings have nothing to do with ratings and reviews. It's all about number of new subscribers in the last week.
1: It's all subscribers.
0: Uh, so, so when people are asking for ratings and reviews, they're wasting a, a call to action. Uh, the call to action shouldn't be ratings and reviews. The call to action should be tell your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe.
1: Perfect. I'll definitely make that change, and you had said before in one of your talks that sixty some odd percent of the podcasts that are out there are listened to on on Apple podcasts anyways
0: right last month it was six, right around sixty five percent sixty four percent yep, yep,
1: mhm, and then all the other ones it was very surprising to me, you know like I said, I listened to it on Google Play, and you're like, oh, we're on the chart, nine percent I remember that nine percent I'm like what?" Nine percent of the podcasts you listen to
0: on Google, I'm like, holy crap! No, no, so no, no, no. Google, it, Google is is one point two percent. One point two. that's That's nine percent. Yeah, Spotify was nine percent. Spotify was nine percent. Yeah, Google—that's a Google, huge yeah. jump.
1: Yeah, from nine well, to sixty-three
0: percent. There's only that's eight huge. places people listen to podcasts that have more than one percent consumption. So okay. it's it's. Apple Podcasts, I'll do it from memory. Apple Podcasts are about 64 65%. Um, then Spotify at 9%. Then Overcast at around 2.5%. And then uh, Stitcher at about 2.4%. And then you've got CastBox um, and Podcast Addict um, right around 1.8, 1.9. Um, wow. right, right about 1.6. And then you had Google Podcasts at 1.2 that's that's insane wow
1: i mean i'm just thinking about the gap though right from nine to six, like it's not even close right if we were if you were looking okay. at competitors like it's not even close you know so but spotify did buy those two companies um anchor and i don't remember the other one yeah. and then now a1, yeah. And then uh, they just got the Joe. Right. So, Joe, I mean, Spotify seems like they're the ones that are making the most, uh, the most moves. Like they're the ones that are the, that are the next big player, I would say.
0: Yeah. So to put things in perspective, when they purchased Gimlet, um, Gimlet in the month that they purchased Gimlet was about 12 million downloads that month for all their shows, for all their episodes combined. And Joe Rogan was over five times the size of Gimlet alone. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Oh, my so, so,
0: so Wow. So, and they spent $200 million on That's why I said if they were buying Joe Rogan's show, it would have been over a billion dollars. Because uh, when they yeah. bought Gimlet again, Joe was over five times their size alone, and they were over $200 million. So when they purchased Gimlet and Anchor and – Parcast was the other one. And you looked at all the shows, all the networks, all that they had purchased prior to, to Rogan. Rogan was bigger than all of it combined. And, and Rogan, they didn't purchase. Oh they just God. got exclusive rights to. So the Rogan right. deal was their biggest deal. Without a doubt, the Rogan deal was their biggest deal. It, it, it might not have been the biggest money-wise, but it was the biggest deal as far as audience-wise. Sure.
1: I want to pivot for a second and talk about how you and Libsyn are a really elevating podcast. I know something that you said before, and and I think the questions come up a couple times. You know, what about the ratings and reviews? Like, what, what are the most important? You know, stats that we should be following. What it and something that you said before is, you know, they've got to get better about real time. Uh, whether it be your, your listening consumption or subscribers or whatever, but the IAB seems to be, you know, this year and last year seemed to be like, we've got to get something under control. Cause it's just a wild West type of mentality. It's so all over the place. So talk a little bit about the IAB.
0: Yeah. The, the, so the inter, interactive advertising bureau IAB and they have a podcast metric standard called V2, the V2 version of it, uh, second version. And that was the one where it's, it's, it's not a measurement standard per se. It's a measurement guideline, <laughs> I guess is, is a better way to phrase it, but there's certain things you have to right. do. And, and it was to help bring the numbers down because there was a couple podcast companies that when Libsyn or Blueberry would say it's one, this other company would say it's eight. And we're like, no, it's one. It's not eight <laughs> or even two. It's one. Right. And, and, and so the, so yeah, you know, I had a story where uh I was talking to an, an ad buyer and they they contacted me and they said, "Hey, we want to advertise on um Dan Carlin's Hardcore History." And and I said, "Okay. Well, you know, he he only releases episode about well, once a quarter and that, like, oh, we need it in the next month." I go, "Well, he's probably going to have an episode for a couple months." Uh, and I said, uh, you know, we have some other podcasts." I'm like, "Oh, no, no. We tried buying podcasts and they don't work." And I said, "Well, did you buy from this other company?" And they go, "Yeah, how would you know?" I go, "Well, you said it didn't work." And I go, they inflate their numbers and they go, Oh, we thought so. Um, so <laughs> then they went and bought with us and the numbers worked out right because we give them accurate numbers. And that's the issue. If you don't give accurate right. numbers, then they can't do a good ROI and, and things don't work and the metrics mm-hmm. don't work. So that's what the IEB was all about. It was, is getting people on a similar footing. So when Libsyn said the number was a thousand and blueberry says it's 998 and, 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 uh, you know, uh, NPR will say, you know, it's a thousand and five. We're, we're close, but we're not, you know, us and Blueberry aren't saying it's a thousand or 998 and someone else is saying it's 5,084. You know, like, no, right. we got to get them close. And so that's the whole mm-hmm. idea behind the IAB. And and then the biggest issue with the IEB is you have companies running around saying, oh, we're IEB c- compliant. No, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, a company Red Circle says I- we're IEB compliant. No, you're not. The only way you'd be compliant is right. if you're certified. You, you have to be certified. There was another company that said we're compliant and then they went to the actual compliance and their numbers dropped 75%. Oof. So wait a second. Were you compliant or were you not? You obviously were not because what was before a hundred is now 25. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, so if you're not certified, you're not compliant. And, and, and that's what you have to ask. Uh, and that's what the advertisers know, you know, the group M's and the ad agencies go, are you mm-hmm. certified? They don't go, are you compliant? But unfortunately some of these companies are targeting podcasters and saying, Oh no, we're compliant. We're compliant. And they're not, uh, they're not compliant. Mm-hmm. Right. One
1: difference that blog talk radio and Libsyn and blueberry and Podbeam, I can't tell you how many, downloads i have but i can tell you how many people listen to the show so does a download equal a listen because on apple they have to download it in order to listen to it but on google as soon as you play it it counts in so in
0: podcasting everything yeah in podcasting every request for a file is technically a download so from a technical okay. perspective when someone clicks play on google podcasts or they click play on the play on your web browser, or they hit download on Apple Podcasts. They're all downloads. Some of them are progressive downloads where it's downloading byte ranges, and some of them are mm-hmm. the full download where the whole file gets downloaded. But in either case, they are downloads because there is no streaming. And we had this debate in the IAB committee, and we went on for four months about what to call it. And at the end of the day, we came back to download was the best, worst name. And, and we just actually... <laughs> This came up at the last IAB meeting we had like two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and so someone wanted to call it downloads and streams. And we said, no, you can't call it streams because streaming, live streaming is a certain type of protocol and it's technically not correct to mm-hmm. call it streaming. And, and they're like, well, the layperson, we go, the specs aren't written for the layperson. The specs are written for the advertising agencies. That's the whole reason the specs mm-hmm. are there. And you can't go and confuse the, the advertising agencies by putting, in the wrong phrases. So a download is the correct phrase. If someone says it's a listen, a stream or anything else in the podcast space, they are inaccurate. And that's not the correct term. Now you can say podcasts downloads, and you could put in parentheses, this equals progressive downloads, which are streams when cl- people click on play, but they're not true streams. There, there is a streaming technology right. out there. And that's different. So uh, I know this yeah. is really anal talk, but sure. When you when you have a spec and you're on a committee and you have to present this to Group M and Omnicom mm-hmm. and other agencies, you have to be able to validate why the, the terminology we used we used.
1: Yep. Because when I look at my at my stats, I you know it even says um, this the all time listen stat is a stat for everyone who has listened to the show on this platform. I'm like okay. What about the other platforms? And then well, I can, don't I can toggle yeah. between how many how many downloads I've had and how many lists and how many streams I've had. So that's what Block Radio does: is downloads and streams. So that's one reason why um, my other shows are going to go with Libsyn, so I can get kind of a more accurate read on my audience and analytics and and kind of really what's going on through the airwaves. Uh, this is great for call-in shows and everything that I'm doing for here, but for the other stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go with Libsyn, so. Well,
0: thank you. I, and again, <laughs> really at, at the end of the day, you, what you want to know is how many times was the file accessed by unique users? Yeah. And that's what the IB is. The IB spec to be, to be certified, you need to be able to filter on a 24 hour window for a user agent, um, IP address combination that requests that file. So if somebody requests that file from a certain IP address and a certain user agent, in, in, in a 24-hour window, if they request it again and again and again, it should only count as one time. And, Correct. and, that's, and that's what you need to be able to do to meet the IEB requirements. And Libsyn yep. does it by a rolling 24, which is the, the, the more mm-hmm. stringent of the, the ways. But that allows us um, also to have the stats update on almost real time. So every 15 minutes, the stats are updating at Libsyn.
1: Oh, very cool. Very cool. If someone wants to get more information, you know, how to start a podcast, um, is Libsyn their best choice, um, you know, all the equipment, like everything that they want to know, what, what's your recommendation for them?
0: Well, you, you can listen to the podcast we have called The Feed. The Feed, you search The yeah. Feed and then Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. You hear me and my co-host, Elsie Escobar, talk about podcasting. We'll talk about advanced stuff and basic stuff. So we try to cover everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then there's also the School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson, which is a really good podcast to listen to, to yep. learn how to start podcasting. Um, and then if they have other questions, they can always email me, Rob, R-O-B, as in Robert, at libson.com And I'm happy to answer any questions. And you can go to podcast411.com. I've got some articles up there still. And I have a free book out there called uh, Podcasting 101 that you can get an iBook that you can download that will teach you step-by-step on how to podcast and, and edit. And I think I covered it in, in audacity. Uh, so uh, if you want to learn how to podcast, uh, there's a lot of free tutorials out there. You don't have to spend any money to learn mm-hmm. how to podcast. Uh, you don't want to hi- sign up for a webinar that costs $777 or $797. <laughs> um, right. Uh, there's a lot of ways to learn for free. Yep.
1: Yep. YouTube it, Google it, get with the people who are actually doing it. Like, like, that's why I mentioned, like, where should they go? And I was hoping you would mention the feed. Cause that's something that you had said a lot about during your talks. Like, like, listen to people like Dave Jackson, this school of podcasting, listen to guys like Jordan Harbinger and listen to guys who've been doing this, who are the mainstays And like, just listen to what they're doing. Pat Flynn, listen to Pat Flynn. Look, listen to what he's doing. Watch what he's doing. And, uh, um, and yeah, man, there's so many people that are doing amazing, amazing, amazing work inside this industry. Um, this has been absolutely incredible. We covered a lot of ground. What's the takeaway for the listeners? What should we leave them with?
0: There is about, there are about 750 million blogs, active blogs in the world. There are a million podcasts, 1.1 million podcasts, of which only about 300,000 are active. So you're looking at 750 million blogs to 300,000 podcasts. Uh, it's a 2,700 to one ratio, roughly, um, bloggers to podcasters. You want to stand out from the crowd? Podcast. That simple. That's your takeaway. If you wow. want to stand out from the crowd, podcast.
1: There you go. You heard it from the man. There it is. Rob, this has absolutely been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I want to be respectful of it. And uh, I just wish you the best for the rest Sean, of 2020, man. And uh, whatever 2020 has in store for hey, us.
0: Sean, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do for thank the you. country. And, and, and thank you for the show. But more importantly, thank you for your service. It is greatly appreciated. Thank,
1: thank you. Thank you so much. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around them. If anything has resonated with our conversation today with Podcasting Hall of Famer and Libson Vice President of Podcaster Relations, Rob Walsh, please connect with them. Listen to the feed. Listen to Today in iOS and KC Startup 411. If you're interested in those, click on the links. Subscribe to the show, tell your friends about the show, tell your friends about Life Transformation Radio, and please subscribe to the show. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart, and I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.